In a couple of weeks, thousands of athletes are expected to arrive in Tokyo for the latest installment of the Olympics. Ever since the coronavirus pandemic postponed the 33rd Olympiad for a year, a debate has raged in Japan and beyond over whether the worldwide competition should even happen. The vast majority of the country doesn't want the Olympics to happen, even as the Japanese government and Olympic officials push ahead. But for athletes who have trained for years, if not a lifetime, to represent their country in the Olympics, canceling the games would be devastating and would be a global reminder that we're still not truly over coronavirus yet. I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Today is June 21st, 2021. U.S. Catholic bishops take steps to deny communion to politicians who support abortion rights, like President Joe Biden. Ethiopia is holding a national election today that Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed vows will usher in a multi-party democracy to Africa's second most populous nation. And Sesame Street showcases a family with two gay dads. It ain't Bert and Ernie, though. They're not dads. The Japanese government has already said foreign visitors are not allowed for the Olympics, but all participating countries still plan to show up. Today, we speak to LA Times Korea correspondent Victoria Kim about Japan and the Olympics. And we also speak to an athlete who just qualified and is excited to compete for a gold medal this summer. A leading Japanese newspaper is calling for the Tokyo Olympics to be cancelled, with the Games set to open in less than two months. This country has been closed off for a year because of the pandemic. People here are very frightened that when you bring in 15,000 foreign athletes, tens of thousands of other staff, you know, perhaps 100,000 people coming in here across the borders. Public opinion polls in Japan show between 60 to 80 percent of those questioned want the Olympics canceled because of the pandemic. Despite the pandemic, there is no indication the International Olympic Committee or local organizers have any plans to pull the plug on the Games. In May, the Asahi Shimbun, one of Japan's largest newspapers, reported that 83 percent of Japanese residents it surveyed didn't want the Olympics to be held. The country is just coming out of its fourth coronavirus pandemic wave, and only a little more than 6% of its population is fully vaccinated. The Japanese government lifted a state of emergency for Tokyo and eight other prefectures just today. Nevertheless, politicians and Olympic officials are pushing ahead with the Games. Joining me now is Victoria Kim. She covers East Asia for the LA Times. Welcome, Victoria. Hi, Gustavo. The 2020 Tokyo Olympics was seen as a chance for Japan to show the world they had come back from the devastating Fukushima earthquakes and tsunami, and also from the pandemic. So before the pandemic happened, how excited was the country for the Olympics to happen? When Tokyo was selected to host, there was really an uproar from the Japanese public about hosting the Olympics. Tokyo has hosted once before in 1964. And I think the 2011 um, tsunami and earthquake, the disaster, this was supposed to be the glowing return, the the signal that Japan was going to be all right and that it had recovered in the decades since. Let me assure you, the situation is under control. It has never done and will never do any damage to Tokyo. 
And this is something that I think really permeated various corners of Japan, all, all these host cities that were supposed to host training camps and exchange programs with various cities. Children had been, you know, eating the food of exchange countries for years and like hosting Zoom parties and stuff like that and gearing up for the Olympics. And all of that is now in doubt. There was a lot of lead up, a lot of optimism. This is going to be, you know, Olympics or this is a worldwide event. You could showcase Japan, Tokyo, the country, all of that. But now a lot of people in the country just seem opposed to the games. Where does this resistance come from? Well, Japan is、um, in a much worse situation coronavirus wise than when the Tokyo Olympics were first postponed last year in the throes of the pandemic. At the time, Tokyo was reporting dozens of cases. Worldwide, there were around like 300,000 cases of COVID total. And the picture was far less clear. We didn't have vaccines. So it was a very different picture. But as far as Japan is concerned, their coronavirus situation has been looking far worse since the beginning of this year. January saw its third spike, and just in recent weeks has been its fourth major wave of coronavirus cases. People have compared this to war times, that the public has not really been given the resources to protect themselves at a time when there is a real shortage of hospital beds, and there are people who are dying at home because they cannot find a Hospital bed to take COVID patients. And at the same time, they're asking for medical volunteers to be siphoned off for the Olympics. And I think there is real anxiety among the Japanese public about who is going to be paying the cost for the consequences of hosting the world's biggest sporting event. We'll have more after this break. There's been a lot of critiques in Japan. There's been protests on the street. Public figures like tennis star Naomi Osaka, she was the face of the Olympics promotion because she's from Japan. And she just withdrew from Wimbledon and will focus on training for Olympics. But even she has expressed her opposition to the Tokyo Olympics. What are some of the other big voices who have been critiquing the holding of the Olympics in Tokyo? Yeah, the opposition has, and voices of concern have been coming from various parts of Japanese society. Japan's most senior medical advisor in the past said that this is not a normal situation to be holding the Olympics, expressing doubt. The CEO of Rakuten, which is a big Japanese retailer, called it a suicide mission. And I do think for Japanese athletes, they have felt torn about it. There have been public pressure for them to speak out against it, and some of them don't feel comfortable because they. Put a lot of sweat and tears into it. You know, there have been some concerns that they've received messages from social media asking them to speak out against the Olympics. That's been a really tough position for some of these Japanese athletes to be in. I do think there is sympathy, but I think it's a matter of what the cost would be. The International Olympic Committee president has said in interviews that there are sacrifices, quote unquote, that would have to be made. And that has really not gone over well with the Japanese public. They have their Olympic stars. There are some heroes of the Olympics that the Japanese would definitely be rooting for. But it's a matter of who bears the cost, who is left with the consequences. And some of the Japanese public have questioned. 
the athletes, like, would you really want to compete in an Olympic event that becomes a devastating super spreader event? And I think it is that if of what could potentially happen that is really scary for the Japanese public. The Japanese public has been openly opposed and one sticking point has been the risk presented by visitors entering the country. Tokyo organizers want to make a decision on allowing foreign fans into Japan by the end of the month, but some observers think it's a no already. We have to ask for the understanding of everybody for these difficult decisions, respecting this priority of the safety of the Olympic Games. Even if you're not going to have foreign visitors coming in, you're still getting athletes from all over the world. And even if you follow all the protocols and all that, there's still that very real risk that there could be a spike in coronavirus cases just by holding the Olympics. Yeah, between the athletes and the support staff and various Olympic-related folks who are going to be coming into Japan, that's 100,000 people coming into the country. And that's a lot lower than what it would have been otherwise. Japanese officials have really emphasized that. They've scaled it back about a half. They're not letting any uh, foreign spectators for the moment. But at the same time, it is athletes from a whole host of countries that are going to be coming in. And as many precautions as they are outlining in an extensive playbook, there is a real sense that it could lead to another spike in cases. And that has been the opinion of medical officials both within Japan and elsewhere. The British medical journals and the New England Journal of Medicine have both recently published editorials or like pieces expressing concern about what kind of COVID picture the Olympics will leave in its wake. There's also the financial devastation that Japan has faced because of the pandemic, especially in this past year. And the money is also something that plays in with the Olympics. The budget that was allotted for it is already $15 billion, but the actual price tag is expected to be way higher, whatever happens with the Olympics. But the government still pushes on with it. Is it sort of the case that, well, we're already this far ahead, we've already spent this much money, we just got to see it all the way through to try to recoup some of that money that we've spent? So when it comes to financial concerns, I think the bigger concern comes from the International Olympic Committee. Much of their budget comes from the broadcast rights from the Olympics, which just will evaporate if the Olympics don't go forward. As far as Japan is concerned, they've already spent the money um, building the Olympic Village, building the stadiums, making their renovations. The benefits to the host nation come from ticket sales and from tourism costs. And that's very much in doubt, given that foreign spectators aren't going to be participating in the Olympics and that tourism is definitely not going to be boosted by this. So I think it's more of a matter of whether Japan can host the first post-pandemic Olympics and signal to the world that the world is back. This is a position that the Japanese public definitely doesn't seem to be sympathizing with. With the International Olympics Committee, then, it's literally, we need to get paid because otherwise we're not going to be existing. But it seems with Japan, at least with the Japanese government, there's a certain sort of stubborn pride in saying, no, we're going to do it. No matter how many billions we've spent, we got to do it to be able to show to the world that Japan can do this. I think Japanese leaders are going through a tough time right now, muddling through this. Their approval ratings are really down, and I do think they are very much aware of the public sentiment. But the Japanese prime minister has said that contractually it is the International Olympic Committee that has the final say. 
it would probably be very ill-advised for the International Olympic Committee to go forward if the Japanese government said no, if the host nation said no. But for the time being, all indications both from the International Olympic Committee and Japanese officials are that they will press ahead. Another thing that has not gone over very well with the Japanese public the organizing officials have just announced that about 10,000 of 80,000 or so volunteers who were supposed to work on the games have withdrawn largely for coronavirus concerns. So it is all in all going to be a, a very strange Olympics and a very mixed, subdued, complicated, conflicted Olympics in Japan. Everything that's happening with the Tokyo Olympics goes back to a critique of the very Olympics or humongous events like the World Cup. This whole idea of whether you should even have events like this at all. Countries tend to go billions of dollars in debt for building these buildings, these stadiums that are used once and then never again. So are other countries looking at what's happening in Japan and rethinking whether they'll ever want to host Olympics or other big international events like that? I would imagine that I think it's, it's already been the case that there are fewer and fewer host cities and nations interested in taking on the Olympics. And the Japanese Olympics is by far the most expensive Olympics in history. And that cost has been augmented by the delay and the various coronavirus ma- measures that are going to have to take place. And it really makes you wonder what benefit will Japan take away from this when it's all said and done? Thank you for this interview, Victoria. Thank you, Gustavo. Good to talk to you. Coming up, we speak to Olympic diver Brandon Lociavo, looking forward to competing in Tokyo. Earlier this month, Orange County native Brandon Lociavo qualified to join the U.S. men's diving team for this summer's Olympics, his first. It was super exciting to compete, and it felt like a really good warm-up competing against such amazing people. So, yeah, I'm on cloud nine right now, and I'm just trying to uh, ride that wave a little bit so I don't explode. <laughs> like so many athletes, qualifying for the Olympics has always been his dream. But diving wasn't always his first choice. I've always wanted to compete for the Olympics, so that dream started at four years old in gymnastics. I loved the whole sport, but eventually for me, that sport takes a toll on your body. Not that jumping off a three-story building feels any better, but gymnastics is a brutal sport, and it's like really hyper-competitive, especially when you're younger. And eventually I, I wasn't super loving the vibe there and it was it was just a little too much for me so I randomly tried a camp for diving the freedom it felt just to kind of do what I wanted and it just it was super brand new and the competition there it's like yes it's hard and um, people are, are intense while they compete but like it was a lot more open to me and it was a lot more friendly and so um, I was super attracted to diving Brandon initially clinched a spot in the U.S. men's diving team back in 2018. But then the pandemic hit in 2020 and Olympic trials were canceled. Like most of us, Brandon stayed away from public spaces. He worked out at home and only resumed training when COVID restrictions began to ease. As much as I want to compete in diving, I'd rather save lives or just like, I mean, like it's a game in the end. 
I'd rather completely stop my entire Olympic Games journey to save one life. I feel like at some point you have to like be willing to give certain things up. And so I was fine sitting back just because we didn't really know what was going on and how this was affecting people. But it was heartbreaking, but I knew it was for the greater good. So I, I sat back and I was fine spending time with family. In June, after a year waiting, Brandon learned that he would officially be a part of the U.S. Olympics team that's traveling to Tokyo. It was surreal. I think it takes a solid amount of time to actually hit you. I was in such a, a competition mindset that I usually am not thinking about, you know, what competition it is or where. Um, I'm just trying to do what I need to do. And so once I hit that final dive, it kind of still felt like a regular meet. I hit the dive and came out of the water. And then I think it really hit me when I looked up into the stands and saw my parents, my girlfriend, friends, and they were freaking out. And then it, it started to like seep in that I actually made it. So it, it was really exciting. This won't be his first time competing in Japan this year, though. In May, Brandon participated in the FINA Diving World Cup as part of the U.S. squad. The prestigious tournament happened in the wake of Japan declaring a third state of emergency in Tokyo as coronavirus cases rose in the city. And in the lead up to the competition, Brandon himself ended up contracting COVID-19. It was surprising because I just had a, a soft cough for three days. I had no fever, no headaches. I could taste and smell everything. I stayed in for the 14-day the time span and then I was, I was good to go from there. So it wasn't anything dramatic for me. After his test results cleared, Brandon got the okay to head to Japan. Japan's already a very clean place in general, but they really stepped that up to another level. You kind of got that vibe right off the bat that they were being like extremely serious about it too when you were first going into the airport. I mean, there was probably five, 10 people coming off that flight to Japan, which is a, a massive aircraft. And then you instantaneously go into probably like an hour and a half rules and regulations they have you do. So you have to download several apps so they can track you going through the country the whole time. I mean, I probably went through probably like 20 different stations just to make sure I had all the paperwork. I had everything, you know, properly done. It was a very intense time, but it was handled incredibly. Obviously, the Olympics is a lot larger scale than just the Diving World Cup. So you have way more people in the Olympic Village. You go from having like maybe a, a few thousand people, a thousand people to like closer to 100,000 plus. So that'll be interesting once I get there. But seeing how they were already handling things in the first place, I think it should be a lot safer. Olympic officials have already announced that foreign spectators will not be allowed to attend any events. And they will decide later this month on whether or not domestic fans will be allowed too. Athletes and staff members, an estimated 11,000 people, will have to abide by strict health regulations. Like eating alone and getting COVID tests daily, under the penalty of fines, medals revoked, or even expulsion from the games. Brandon says he wholeheartedly agrees to these conditions. When it comes to personal responsibility, I, I just think I have to be as safe, not for myself, but for the people there as possible, being as respectful as possible. I know we can't leave the Olympic Village, so I will stay true to that and not leave. And I will follow all their rules and regulations just so people do feel more comfortable. And 
I know a social media post is quite useless in the grand scheme of things, but showing my appreciation and gratitude for the opportunity that even though I know a lot of people don't want this to happen, but thanking them for, you know, allowing it, it's the best I can do. I'll, I'll do everything I can to make sure I am safe. So even right now, I'm, I'm not going out and hanging out with friends and going to the bars. I'm staying home and making sure I don't contract COVID or, you know, again, because that would be a shame. But yeah, just being as safe as I can for everyone else, not so much myself. The 11 members of the U.S. men's diving team are expected to land in Tokyo mid-July. Brandon is set to compete in the 10-meter platform in August. My favorite part about like my Olympic story is that I was horrible at diving till my junior year of high school. What I tell people is I'm not talented. I just work really hard. And so hard work beats talent over time. There's a lot of talented people I compete against, but I start to beat them once I, I work hard enough. So that's my shtick for all the younger kids out there that don't feel like they're good enough. Postscript. As we were finishing this episode, news emerged that a member of Uganda's Olympic team tested positive for COVID-19 upon reaching Japan. Before boarding his flight, the unidentified athlete was fully vaccinated and had tested negative for COVID-19. More athletes are expected to arrive to Japan starting this week. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, why are car chases so popular? And is it ethical to like them? I want to know because I love car chases. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Stephen A. Cuevas, and Denise Guerra. Our executive producer is Abby Fentress Swanson. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editor is Shawnee Hilton. Our intern is Ashley Brown. And our theme music is by Andrew Eben. Special thanks to David Wharton, Kevin Baxter, Nathan Finno, and Ileana Limon Romero. For more Olympics coverage, go to latimes.com forward slash Olympics. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news in this madre. Gracias. <laughs>